and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're not sharing anything about the national parks, but instead have compiled reflections from our latest trip through Panama. When we traveled to Panama in January, we stopped every once in a while to record quick iPhone voice memos about our experiences. We also tried to capture some of the sounds we were hearing throughout the country. If you want to hear another podcast like this, it's actually one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Check out episode number 30 about our three-week Southeast Asia trip. Because we recorded these on a phone, we hope the sound quality hasn't been too compromised. Enjoy some of the sounds and in-the-moment reflections straight from Panama. Good morning to all our visitors. Welcome to the Panama Canal. Welcome to Panama. We hope they're having a wonderful stay here in Panama. A la mano izquierda, barco subiendo, 8 metros. Unos minutos estaremos abriendo con puertas. Preparen las cámaras. Well, day one at, in Panama, it has arrived. That's We're right. We get, flew in yesterday straight from our last Caribbean cruise. Had uh, another week left in my winter break, so we had to come down to Panama. Never been here before, but uh, the skinniest country, maybe, on the maybe uh, North South American continents. But... We're here at the... The waistline of the Americas. Hey, I like that. Or something like that. We're here at the Panama Canal today. Yeah, we got here this morning a few hours ago and have just been kind of looking around and watching the some of the big ships go through, and the whole process is crazy. Yeah, so we're watching right now some ships go through the Miraflores locks. So the whole length of the Panama Canal, um, you know, goes from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, vice versa. It's a total of 80 kilometers. And along that route, there are three sets of locks because the highest point in the uh, canal is 85 feet above sea level. And that's actually the Continental Divide. So they to have get to get over that. They've built three sets of locks that the ships have to go through. And we're at the first set. If you're going from the Pacific to the Atlantic, we're at the first set closest to Panama City called Miraflores. Yeah, so basically just watch two sets of ships go through. They're gigantic. They like fill, touching the sides. Yeah, they, they fill the whole width of the canal, and I believe we've heard that the shi- the size of the ships is as wide as they are because they are built for the canal. You know, this is a huge route through um, through the whole... World, I think it reaches you know a hundred and something different destinations on either side of the continent. 
and um, it's yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how the you know locks close on one end, they raise up the water level, and the ships rise with it, and then they open the doors, and then they go into the other lock, and then they raise that lock, and it, eventually they're up. 53 feet I think this one is or 54 feet at the end of it and it's a really long laborious deliberate process yeah, I think it takes about 8 or eight to 10 hours to get through the whole canal the whole uh, 80 kilometers and I um, believe what they just said was that it costs one big container ship $120,000 to go through so that's crazy. Insane operation. We kind of went through the museum and looked at, you know, learned a little bit about the history of how it was built and how long it took to be built. Finally completed in 1914. So they just celebrated their um, 100th year a few years ago. And uh, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that today is Martyr's Day in Panama, which we knew nothing about before we arrived yesterday and heard that there was a holiday today. Uh, and luckily the canal isn't closed, but the whole holiday actually has a lot to do with the U.S. and Panama relations because if you don't know, the U.S. signed a treaty with Panama to build the canal and then kind of manage it um, indefinitely at first. And eventually, after a few decades of that, the Panamanians were kind of sick of the U.S. having this strip of land straight through their country that they essentially owned and managed. And there was a lot of uh, turmoil, and it erupted in a violent conflict where 20-something, 28 maybe, Panamanians were killed uh, in protests. And those are the martyrs of today. And they that was in 1964, January 9th, today. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, it sparked a treaty that slowly uh, determined the transition of the canal to Panamanian control, which finally occurred in 1999. So it is now owned and managed completely by Panama. Uh, but it's still steeped in a lot of history regarding the U.S., so I, yep. I find it fascinating. Um, I think it's interesting that we happen to come on that day. It just happens to be the, the national holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means the boats are now finally leaving the lock. Yep, there they go. Yeah, there's a lot of background noise, but hopefully we can still hear us. Um, Gives you a sense of all the, you know, just different machines and commotion going on. Yeah, it's just an insane, insanely uh, complicated and... Well-orchestrated. Well-orchestrated operation, for sure. But we are headed next to um, the old, the ancient city, the ancient part of of Panama City, which is was actually the first um, settlement or the first, like established city in the all of the Americas. Um, so that's going to be really cool. That's where we're headed this afternoon. And then tonight we're taking a bus to over to uh, Boquete for the next part of our Panama trip. So we'll try to check in again at our next destination, hopefully. Um, but, oh, there they go. Until then, we're enjoying our few more hours in Panama City, capital of Panama. It's actually a, a lot bigger than I thought. It's, it's huge, huge buildings, city. huge city. So we'll catch you later. All righty.
Day two in Panama, stop two in Panama. What? We're in at stop Day number two, two. Stop two. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> I was confused with what you were saying. We're in Boquete. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice little mountain Cabo town. Nita. Lots of uh, little trails to hike. It's pretty popular with uh, tourists like ourselves, but not definitely not overcrowded. No, we we just hiked uh, one of the probably the most popular trail, one of the most popular trails that's doable for most people, uh, called the Sen, Sendera Sendero Sendero de los Kate Sales. Kate Sales. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, saw about uh, 10 people total. It was uh, it, no Kate Sales, unfortunately. That's the this really pretty, colorful, big bird um, that's unique to Central America. Uh, so still looking for that. But right now we're at the overlook called Mirador Las Rocas. Mm-hmm. And it's looking gorgeous. Out, yeah, looking out over this huge valley of the jungle all the mountains around us. Uh, Lots of fog rolled in, unfortunately, but it makes it kind of mysterious. Still a good day for hiking in the Panamanian jungle. Yeah, and it's so cool. You know, immediately we got away from the city uh, after our overnight bus ride, coming into the town, little town, and then uh, dropped our stuff at our hostel and immediately jumped into... uh, taxi to drive up to this this path so we couldn't wait to get on the trail um it's been a while it has been a while too long my lungs feel like it's been a while too this trail was way harder than we expected it to be um it's about what did they say about seven kilometers round trip and how much elevation gain 20 oh i don't know meters we're at 23 400 meters or so. Yeah. So we're actually decently high elevation. I'm, I was really surprised for Panama. Uh, tomorrow we're going to attempt a hike that's uh, 11,000 feet high. Feet high. Yeah, that's really high. Yeah, it's scaring you a little <laughs> bit, isn't it? I'm getting a little nervous, yeah. It Just based on how my, my hike just now went. <laughs> and the thing about this one, we'll start at midnight essentially, and try to summit for the sunrise. That's what everybody does. It's insane. I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah. It'll be fun, though. It's a, it's definitely the coolest thing to do here. Because, because if it's a clear day, which we have no idea, but hopefully we'll get the morning clarity, uh, we'll be able to see both the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. Which is insane. I think they said it's the only place on Earth that you can do that. Yeah, unless you're at... You we may know, need like to fact check that. The, the tip of South America or something, which I don't really count. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but Cool, anyway. Yeah. Going to be an awesome couple days here in, in Boquete. Um, oh, yeah. Lots of fog rolling in right now. So we might need to go chase the... Have the fog chase us <laughs> down the mountain before it rains on us. So we will catch you later, hopefully from the top of a mountain tomorrow. Sounds good. Signing off. A 
Elizabeth, why don't you describe our view right now? Well, we're basically at the top of Panama, looking out east and west, east to the to the uh, Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Took a long time. I can tell you just woke up. I did. I just woke up from a tiny little nap at the top of this mountain. I got a hilarious. So tired. I got a hilarious video of her dozing off. Um, but we did have to wake up at 11 to start PM to start our hike at midnight. Uh, so I'll cut her a little slack. Thank you. And it was eight miles. Um, straight up, straight up like 8,000 feet gain, 6,000, 6,000 feet gain. Same thing. And it was uh, a lot guys. It was really hard. Yeah. Maybe one of the hardest hikes we've done. And on top of that, it, the n- not just the stats which make it hard, but also we did the overnight bus yesterday, which exhausted us, and because um, we got maybe three hours of restless sleep there, and then we got three hours of sleep, um, essentially, yeah, last night, I guess you can call it that, um, and took off, you know, on our, it to take us six hours. Yep. Midnight to 6.15 or so, and just in time to see the sunrise at 6.40. <sighs> so now we're just enjoying it. Yeah, just we're Just enjoying the clouds in. rolling in. We're above the clouds, which is cool. Uh, it's, like we said yesterday, this is the only place in the world where you can see the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans at the same time, and that's what we're doing right now. We're looking at both and from I where think we're sitting. This is the most clouds I've looked down on in my entire life um, because there are just huge shelves of clouds but then there is also because you have a 360 view there's a whole half that is uh, completely clear so that's really nice too looking down on the little mountain town from where we came so we were really worried that we were going to get all socked in with clouds and not be able to see anything, or it's going to rain, and um, we were just holding our breath, and it worked out. So we're really happy right now. Super happy. Super uh, content. And exhausted. And exhausted. And and that's why I keep falling asleep, <laughs> sitting on the side of this mountain. And she just looks so cute with her little sprouts of hair coming out of her rain jacket hood and falling asleep with that's just dried I'm, snot on her nose. And That's just because I need to take a shower. <laughs> we got home to our hostel yesterday after a long hike, and they said, oh, there's no water right now. It'll come later. And I was so mad because we wanted to go to bed at like 7 because we were going to get up three hours later. So I did not get to take a shower. So I am overdue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Don't agree too loudly. (laughs) I guess that's all we have for now. So we will catch up with you guys at our third and final stop in Panama. So catch you later. And check out all our uh, Facebook and blog, whatever. We're going to be posting views of all, or uh, pics of all these awesome views. Yep. Till next time. Enjoy Bye. the cold, suckers. <laughs>
Well, Elizabeth, I can't believe this is our last day. Don't remind me. It hurts. But, uh... You want to talk about where we're at right now? We haven't recorded anything for the last two or three days because we've been having way too much fun. Way too distracted. Yeah, so right now we were we are on a floating cabin. And it's raining. Do you hear it? Yeah, so Probably. actually this is an Airbnb that Elizabeth found. And I would say it's the best one we've stayed in ever by far. By a million miles. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, it, your bucket list was to stay on uh, like an overwater bungalow type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is so much better than the typical, you know, Maldives that you might see attached to a big deck. This is just totally freestanding floating. It's uh, tied into the trees, so it's not too far away from the land. Uh, but basically, this property is um, owned by uh, a couple who are French expats. So they live here in the area of Bocas del Toro in Panama, but it's a little bit far away. Well, it's a little bit away from the hustle and bustle of Bocas. Yeah, it's in the Atlantic Ocean. So, yeah, that side. And surrounded by clumps of mangroves, and this part of the coastline just kind of twists and turns. So they're actually attached to the main mainland, but... But only by mangrove. Yeah, and you have to drive like a 20-minute... Um, boat ride to get to the closest town so they have a few neighbors a couple hundred yards away you know on the shore uh, on both sides but it you really feel truly alone and every now and then you'll see a boat um, uh, two in uh, uh, Panamanians um, just canoeing by paddling um, by through the mangroves so that's about it yeah it's and even though their so their property is just about I don't know 100 meters no 100 feet away maybe their main house their main house so that's where the the they are that's where they live so for breakfast in the morning we go paddle with our kayak we kayak over, there. over to, for breakfast and then they come pick us up in a boat for dinner um, basically this this lodge is just so it's 100 feet away from their house it's freestanding it has a, a, a main room with a, a awesome bed a little fridge a coffee maker electric so it has electricity lights everything it, it has a bathroom in the back and a shower a and tank, a sink a tank on the roof feeds all the shower yeah and a bathroom. lot of most of it's rainwater and then filtered from that um, the toilet works through just the ocean water, I think. You really have to check out our um, video tour of this place because you just have to see it. It's going to be that amazing. It's it's that amazing. Like uh, the porch is just beautiful. Opens up to the water and just. It's hard to describe. It really yeah, is. It's so relaxing, and everybody knows relaxing isn't my thing, but uh, something like this makes it hard to fight. Yeah, so one of the best parts of this place is that all of the activities are included. So they have a double kayak, a single kayak, a stand-up paddleboard, a, um, a small boat, snorkel, snorkel gear. gear, fishing gear, all sorts of activities. And inside the place they have games and darts and books and things to read and um, tons paddle. of stuff to do. Yeah, paddle ball. They have a nice little garden on their property you can walk through, sit in the hammock. We definitely were not... 
we were definitely not bored for three days here. Yeah, and even this morning, we um, did something a little extra. They have some options you can add on kind of their own tours that they do, uh, and we did water skiing and tubing. And they said Cole was the champion. (laughs) (laughs) My first time water skiing, I'm pretty proud of my performance, I gotta say. It was good. It was really good. And then we both did a little bit of tubing. Which was which is always fun. Um, that he took us through some of these smaller passages into the mangrove uh, forest. So that was really really cool to tube through the mangroves. Um, yesterday morning, he took us on in a kayak to through the jungles, through the edges of the mangrove uh, to see sloths. And we saw one sloth in the wild. Yeah. And it was incredible. Just such a, a unique animal that you don't ever see anywhere else. Yeah, and just like you would uh, imagine it, too, just... He was playing Pictionary with his friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you, Geico commercial, <laughs> for uh, all time changing and warping our views on sloths. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was just munching away. He wasn't even yeah, moving like, that slowly. Uh, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Reaching with his long claws for the next branch and so slow. Um, he was awful cute, though. Yeah. And uh, so the thing that makes this maybe even more than just the pure quaintness, beauty of the house or the floating cabin in the property is is the hosts are incredible they're amazing people they you know they kind of started this early retirement after working in he was in the french uh, military for 25 years in the navy and she worked in tourism for 25 years they lived on the island of martinique for a long time and now they're decided to just kind of live a little bit off the grid um, they still have Wi-Fi. They still have electricity. They still have everything they need, but it's it's very their their whole place is very self-sufficient. So they use rainwater. They use solar power. They use they have a huge garden with everything they need. Some of the locals, you know, boat by and sell them fish and sell them fruits and sell them cacao, um, all sorts of things that they can then use. And everything here is homemade. They have since our shower goes right into the ocean. They made us um, homemade soaps and homemade shampoos. Coconut. With coconut oil, with their coconut oil from their garden. Um, it's all just really, really eye-opening to the way that people can live and the way that we, we would just, like to be, you know, like to live a little more like them. Yeah, we really admire the sub-theme of sustainability and self-sufficiency. Even all of the decorations, the whole place, the cabin and their house is just beautifully decorated. It's so fun. And you can tell it's all, you know, very stylish, homemade stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need to buy things. As much. You don't need to buy things as much. There's beautiful driftwood art, and, you know, there's like a little tiny model of the of the cabin we're staying in that made out of bamboo and paint and all sorts of things and there's just it's just such a nice we don't feel like as a as a tourist we are putting a huge impact on the area where we're staying sometimes we do you know sometimes as travelers you feel you wonder if you're doing more harm than good but when you stay at a place like this, 
and put your tourism dollars towards these kind of efforts, it just makes you kind of feel like you're not impacting anyone negatively because you're not making much of an impact. Yeah, you're part of the you know natural surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can tell we're pretty in love with the place. I don't want to leave today. We have to leave in a couple hours, and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, last night, just kind of wrapped it all up with... Uh, we went swimming at night just right off our porch, and there were... It, was, it cleared up, so the stars were out and beautiful above us, and then... Just in the water, you know, we had no idea that this was a, th- a thing here, but you jump in, and when it's pitch black, bioluminescent algae or plankton or whatever Everywhere. it is. But just you m- as you move around. Yeah, you move your limbs, and it's just like Glows. streaks of uh, sparkling um, st- plankton algae in the water. Amazing. Yeah, all very incredible, very new experiences for us. You know, never seen a sloth, never um, water skied before, never swam in bioluminescence, never seen such colorful coral right, basically right off our front porch here, just jumping in, snorkeling. You know, there's no sense, sometimes with traveling also, that we've seen there's a lot of logistics, there's a lot of deciding things and figuring it out and it sometimes adds a lot more stress when you travel and are trying to coordinate things but this is like the opposite of that everything is right here you don't have to go anywhere you don't need anything it's just all available i just saw a huge fist jump like (laughs) five yards yeah out of the water right now we're just sitting in chairs kind of watching the rain and even though it's raining it's still beautiful so luscious and green and yeah so we might not be back <laughs> oh yeah we'll see if you end up uh hearing from us again yeah. i don't know um but it, the panama this was really a the the highlight of our whole trip great way to end it you know elizabeth did a great job with her working her airbnb m- magic and um yeah, I love we'll definitely post the link so that you can all find this exact same property because they are amazing people and they, you know, deserve even more. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. More visitors, more people to appreciate the yeah, beautiful place. More they people have. to get a glimpse into their into their um, very eco friendly lifestyle. Yeah. So this wraps up our third stop. You know, we're in Panama City, visiting the canal mostly, then the mountain town of Boquet, and now... uh, Ending up in Bocas. Yeah, near Bocas. We're going to fly out of Bocas del Toro back to Panama City, so we will get to actually stop in where almost all the tourists go on the popular island of Bocas, but zero regrets that we spent almost all our time uh, beach time or whatever. It, there's no beach here, but water time mm-hmm. here. Um, Definitely. So it is a awesome, short, but awesome and diverse trip. And uh, you should really think about Panama. Something that, yeah, definitely surprised us a lot, I think, because I never really had thought of Panama as a destination of a top place to visit. It, we mostly came here because it was not too far and it was 
um, we had miles <laughs> to use for Spirit, and it was this, we were at, at in New Orleans at a Spirit airport. So that was the biggest motivation for coming here. But it just really blew us away with how unique, how beautiful, how non-touristy it is. Yeah, even our last uh, night in Boquette, um, backtracking a bit, but it was so cool to get to do a, um, basically go to a festival that was their flowers and coffee festival that they have once a year, just happened to be while we were there. Kind of like a state fair. Yeah. All the locals were there, tons of games and music and activities and food and flowers, <laughs> a lot of things to just kind of look at. So, the you know, those kind of activities are always always uh, something we like to do. Love plugging in whenever we can to yep. the culture. Yeah, so we'll see you back in Missouri, I guess. And back to winter. Back to winter, back to cold. Back to school, back to work. Oh my gosh, it's raining so hard now. Wow. Well, I guess that's our sign. So yep. you all take care. All right, switchbacks out. Well, there you go. Seven busy days, one wonder of the world, one overnight bus, 6,000 feet of elevation gain, six types of homemade jam, one wild sloth, and dozens of stingless jellyfish later, we landed back in the U.S., and rejoin the work and MBA school society. I truly cannot wait to see where we go next. So thanks for checking us out today. We'll be back next week with more National Parks inspiration. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud, or find us on social media. And you can always get additional National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks, out. Out.